Well, today we have really, uh, it's a special service. It's going to be a little bit different than typically uh, our normal services because we have two uh, guest speakers. We have Ingrid with Partners with Ethiopia, who's right over here. And then Mia, where are you at? Mia over here with Streets of Hope. And they're both to be sharing today. So we're giving them our space over normal meshes time just to share about these organizations, what they do. Mia's going to be sharing her testimony, some verses that have been very meaningful for her. And so we are super blessed. Can we just give them both a hand? Ingrid's coming up. We're going to just welcome Ingrid and Mia for being here. So thankful for each of you. So come on up, Ingrid. Um, and Ingrid, yeah, is president the right word? Director? What do you go by? Director El Presidente. Um, uh, partners with Ethiopia, just like the word president was thrown out there. And yeah, I, I don't know how many years ago when we got, seven years ago we got involved. I remember there's individuals, partners with Ethiopia are sponsoring children. I remember a worship team at one time was doing that. Our youth group was sponsoring a child named Malalam. I remember for many years. And so there's been a lot of really cool connections with this organization. So, Ingrid, it is a blessing to have you here. And uh, we're so thankful for you to share. So, here you go. Oh, hello, friends. Um, I got to figure out the slide thing. Um, but I guess, can you guys put up that first slide? Um, but thank you so much for letting me come. I, again, you guys have been, as a church, and many of you individually have been involved for about seven years. Um, I've been involved in Ethiopia for almost 12. So it was fun when you're kind of this community, this part of the country got involved. Um, it was really special. Um, and uh, I was here five years ago to visit you guys and got to share in your church service. And then, of course, in 2019, I was making my plans for 2020 and I was going to get out to Potsdam and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> so I'm about two years late from where, I, you know, my plan of coming out and updating you and visiting with you guys. So I'm so thrilled to finally be here. And as far as the pandemic and everything that happened, I got to say, you guys were amazing with your online church service. Um, you know, when the whole country shut down, I ended up those first few months watching your service every Sunday. You guys, I don't know who, who was here, but somebody knew what they were doing. And you guys did a fabulous job, and that was really hard for churches across the country. Um, but I believe that in the midst of pain and yuckiness in this world, God's always in control. And I just think about across the country how many church services are still being streamed online, and I know God's using that. So there's always a purpose. <laughs> but it was fun to just feel more connected with you during that time, because it was a hard time for everybody. So it was really fun, but I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy that I was able to bring Mia and for you guys to hear from her in a little bit. But I wanted to give you an update on Partners with Ethiopia. So, so much has been going on in the last few years, you know, for many years, we were really focused on supporting one organization in Ethiopia. And it's we have the sponsorship program with them. We help them build the library, which a lot of you guys were involved with that. And um, that's good. And I have some updates about that. So... Let's see here. All right, so the library, the library was finished a few years ago. It's big, it's beautiful. Kids in the community are coming. Um, it's pretty large space, almost as large as the sanctuary, which is unusual in Ethiopia. And so even the local community, local government, they hold meetings there. It's kind of like a community center. So it's been a really, really blessing for their community. Um, prayer request is that there's two follow-up projects. They still don't have electricity. It's a long story. but um, And then they still need a bathroom facility, a latrine. So I know those two things would even make the library used more. So just pray about that with me. I'm still trying to figure out how to make that happen. Um, and then the sponsorship program 
you know, we've got hundreds of kids in a sponsorship program with this organization, and many of you have sponsored kids, and it's going well. I mean, the goal with this is to see these kids grow up. So this next school year, we're going to have over 20 kids either doing vocational training or in university or college, and we're going to have over 150 high schoolers. And this is a big group of high schoolers, and that is a huge deal because in Ethiopia, to get past fifth grade is unusual, especially in rural areas. And so to have all these kids in high school and pursuing their education, um, you know, when, when the Bible says to care for those in need, to care for orphans and widows, to, you know, to care and help, helping them with their education is huge because it's going to change their life and change their family's life. So thank you so, so much. Um, you know, about three years ago, um, long story short, God just moved in some ways and it caused uh, myself and our board of directors to really start praying about the future and what we were doing. And at the time, it just didn't make sense. And I just, um, what, what we just felt God leading us over about a six-month period of time is that we needed to diversify. We needed to start looking for other organizations in Ethiopia to support. We're still supporting this organization. They're doing a great job. Um, but we've kind of capped, I guess, where what we're going to do with them. We're going to just keep the sponsorship program going and support that and follow up with a few library projects. But beyond that, we're moving in other directions. And it didn't make sense. It did not make sense. But... God was very clear this is what we needed to do. Um, and so for the last three years, things have changed a little bit. Um, let me get, um, one thing is that we've added a, a contracted employee in Ethiopia that's working now directly for us. His name is Thomas. You might recognize him. He, he's been around for a few years. He was, used to work for our partner, Shape Ethiopia, but now he's working directly with us, and it's been fabulous. He follows up on a lot of stuff with us, and um, in the time that we maybe don't have work for him, it's allowed him to be able to really invest in his local church. He's effectively their youth pastor on a volunteer basis and is really pouring into the lives of youth, and um, he's a neat young man, so I, I'm so happy to have him involved. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so what happened then, moving on, is in the last three years, we've been able to add some new organizations that we're supporting and some new projects that we're involved with, and uh, I didn't really want to go looking for things, and so my prayer was that God would bring organizations to us. So one of them, um, I'm going to just say AIPM because it's a really long name. Um, but AIPM is an indigenous missions organization, and I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, I Care Ethiopia is a ministry in the capital city, um, and then we've gotten involved in this phenomenal book project, and I'll highlight that in a second. And then Streets of Hope is another partner, and that's the lovely Mia. So let me go through each one. So AIPM, it's an indigenous missions organization. It was founded by this gentleman. His name is Desta, and he has an incredible life story just of God working in so many ways, um, hard, hard ways, but God being faithful and moving. And so one thing he did probably 30 years ago is he started a mission training school that's still operating today. And then about 20 years ago, he founded AIPM. And um, in the last 20 years, they've planted 2,700 churches in rural parts of Ethiopia where there was no, you know, Protestant church. Um, and today, AIPM has about 300 Ethiopian missionaries trained and serving in the mission field. Um, 
they're doing amazing. And about 70% of their funding comes from Ethiopian churches. Um, and he does have some supporters in the US and they also have this huge prayer focus that kind of is year round. But the highlight of that prayer focus is a prayer day that happens every January. It started about 20 years ago and the first year they just said, okay, we're all gonna climb to the top of the local mountain and there's some significance to that. But, um, and we're just gonna pray. We're gonna pray for the gospel to spread around the world. We're gonna pray for world missions. And they had about 500 people come. And this is a five mile hike up a mountain with no road. Um, so they all gathered at the top, prayed for several hours. And, and then it just started to become this annual event and it has grown and grown and grown. And today, over 100,000 Ethiopian believers climb that mountain and gather and pray. And there is nothing up there. You know, there's no convention center. There's no bathrooms. There's nothing. They just climb up, and they spend hours praying for world missions, for the gospel to spread. And effectively, they're praying for all of us. It's just amazing. And so next January, I am planning to go to the prayer day. So if you're interested, let me know. You can come with. <laughs> So it's a really neat organization, and we are now supporting one of their missionaries, and we are praying for them. Um, Dr. Desta and his wife are in the U.S. for a couple months this summer. I'm going to see them later this month and kind of connect them with some more churches in Minnesota. And then more recently, I've started writing a monthly newsletter for them just to help them out. So that's exciting. So if you want that newsletter, let me know, and I'll make sure you're on their email list. Um, so this is neat. And this would not have happened if we hadn't made that change. And so... I'm, I'm happy that we did. Um, the next organization we're supporting is uh, called I Care Ethiopia. It was founded by the gentleman on the far right. His name is Meheratab. Um, he was actually sponsored as a child through Compassion International, and it just changed his life. And he knew that when he grew up, he just needed to give back. So he, what he is doing, what I Care Ethiopia does, is they are helping women in the capital city, single women with young children who are begging every day in the streets. That's how they survive. And in the last two years, they've been able to get 30 women off the streets and into work. They started a preschool daycare center for the kids so the women have a safe place to bring their kids every day. It's such a neat, neat program. The hard, challenging part is that he's got 50 women on a waiting list who want to join the program. And so we're just praying through how to better support this ministry and what they're doing because it's pretty fabulous. And he just loves Jesus. And part of what they're doing is sharing the gospel and loving these women and just being the hands and feet of Jesus to these families. Um, so I love this organization. We are in the process of kind of launching a sponsorship program with them. Of course, he was sponsored as a child and it's on his heart and um, we have so many precious children. So just pray about that. Watch for that on social media. I'll be sharing more about that in the next few months. So just really love that organization. Um, the next thing we've gotten involved with um, is a book project. Oh my goodness, this is kind of what I would call a development project. So books are rare in Ethiopia. You know, you can go to a school and hardly see a book. And the way children learn to read is the teacher writes on the chalkboard, they copy it down, and then they read from what they've copied. That's how they practice their reading. And so there's not a whole lot of publishing in Ethiopia going on. And so this book project, um, I have some of the books with me today. It's just a phenomenal book project. And 
our role partners with Ethiopia. We've done some fundraising for them. We gave them a grant a year and a half ago, and they were able to start having the books printed locally in the capital city, um, and which is great because in February when I was there, I was able to pick up 2,500 books, and I brought them in the van with me, and we were able to donate them to different schools and organizations. And so I just love this project. And the organization that's making these books, they're not necessarily a faith-based organization at all, but they are open to Bible stories. So they do have three books. They have The Good Samaritan, and they have The Prodigal Son, and they have the parable of the man who, uh, wise man who built his house on the rock, and they're very beautifully done. So I just love this project, and I'm going to continue to do a little bit of fundraising, but it's a lot of advocacy for them and connecting them with other organizations and just helping them get these books out more. So that's been really fun because, man, my kids grew up reading books all day long and going to the library, and there were books everywhere, and it just, you just don't see that in other parts of the world. And so I love these, I took all these pictures of these kids just reading these books and loving them, and it's really, really neat. So last, but certainly not least, is our fabulous partner, Streets of Hope. <laughs> so again, three years ago, I just thought, God, what are you doing? Why are we supposed to diversify? This doesn't make sense, but man, he is so good. Um, two years ago, Mia reached out to me on social media. I didn't know her, and she sent me a message and just said, hey, I, this is what I'm doing in Ethiopia. And I get messages like that all the time from people around the world in other countries or in Ethiopia looking for support. And generally, prior to three years ago, I would have said, oh, that's so nice. I love what you're doing, but I don't have the capacity to help you, and I'll be praying for you. But because we were open to new partnerships and I had prayed that God would bring things to our door, um, I responded to her and we started chatting back and forth and this was in um, the summer of 2020. So of course I said, hey, why don't we get on Zoom together? <laughs> so a few days later we did a Zoom call and I think we talked for three hours. And I mean, within the first five minutes, I knew this is somebody I wanna know, somebody I wanna be involved with. And um, it's been neat to get to know Mia over the last couple years. And she, you know, we've been able to help support her ministry in Ethiopia, but she's been such a blessing to me because she is, She'll share in a little bit. She's a Ethiopian-American, so she is kind of bridging two worlds, two cultures, two languages. And so for me, I'm constantly picking her brain. I'm like, help me understand this and translate this. And so it's just, she's a wealth of knowledge that has helped me so much. So what Streets of Hope is doing, um, she has a fabulous staff and local volunteers in Southern Ethiopia in the town where she was born and grew up. And they are doing outreach. Um, Ethiopians culturally are very loving, giving, generous, warm people, but they don't necessarily have like volunteer opportunities. Like here, you know, you've got your snack pack program and people can volunteer and you just don't see that kind of stuff there. And that was on her heart to give people volunteer opportunities to serve. And so what Streets of Hope does is they are working in two communities, one in the city of Soto and one in the countryside outside of Soto. And in each location, they're serving 70 families who are very poor and struggling. Um, 
They do a monthly program at each location, and it is so much fun. I was there in February, and I got to see it. They do games for the kids, and they do Bible teaching and songs and worship. And in the end, all the families in the program go home with groceries that will last them you know, a good part of the month. And that way, it's relieving some of the struggle that they're having. And then um, they can focus more on keeping their kids in school. Um, Streets of Hope is also providing school supplies and keeping kids in school. And in the near future, they're going to be building a a Christian school, which I'm excited about, and they're also, sorry about that, <clears throat> they're also going to be building um, a community center in the future, which will serve not only the families in their program, but the larger community, but at the heart of it all, you know, is the gospel, and loving Jesus, and being the hands and feet of Jesus to the poor, but sharing the good news, and what's neat is Mia is her kind of American name, her Ethiopian name is Yemsrach, which literally translates good news like the gospel so Mia's name is the gospel so um, I do have a short video clip that I took in February at the Pro Streets of Hope program and it's a, they were leading worship and I'm going to play that and then Mia's going to come up and share her testimony with you which is really like the heart behind her ministry and what she's doing so <laughs> you guys hear me? Okay. Hi. <laughs> I am so grateful to be here with you guys. And I just want to start by thanking uh, the pastors and leaders of this church for allowing us to come and share with you guys about what God is doing in Ethiopia. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, I get excited when I see God's church alive and moving and working globally. It should excite us to see this happening. I have been here since uh, Thursday, uh, and just seeing what God is doing at this church in this community has excited me. On Friday, I went for a walk, prayer walk, uh, with somebody, uh, people that attend this church, and that just shows me that God is alive and working at this church. To see the snack project, it excites me. And I hope that you guys are encouraged when you heard these stories and saw these kids' faces. I hope it does something in your heart to say, God, he's working in Ethiopia, and I get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of that. God doesn't just say, be excited for my church. He says, lean in and be a part of it. 
Don't just observe, lean in and be a part of it. Praise God for what's happening globally. So I'm excited to be a part of the body of Christ. And before I dive in and share with you guys about my story and a little bit about from the Bible, because it's going to point back to Jesus, because that's how our life stories should be. Uh, I just want to pray. Will you guys pray with me? God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for the powerful God that you are, and we get to be a part of your church. We get to be a part of your body that is alive, that is working, that we get to see and be ushered into your throne room. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to be a part of, of this conversation, to be a part of this message, and that everything that comes out of us will be glorifying to you, that we'll point back to Jesus and we'll bring you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm going to take a few minutes and just share with you guys about my life. Um, and my life story, yes, if I do say so myself, is very miraculous and incredible and yet somewhat sad. But my life story points to who Christ is. And your life stories should point to who Christ is. Because our life stories should go something like this. At least I see it this way. I had a hard life, yet God is great. I had a good life, a great childhood, yet God is great. I was really messy in my young life, yet God, he's great. Because our circumstances doesn't define who God is. Because God is faithful regardless of if you had a hard life or if you had a good life. It doesn't change. And the word of God says he stays the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it doesn't change who he is. So I was born and raised in the southern part of Ethiopia during hard times. We had war. We had famine. I went sometimes without eating hard life. But my parents, they loved the Lord. I loved observing my mom and dad in the way that they ushered their kids into faith, ushered their kids into the walk with Christ. I'm just going to give you a glimpse of what my childhood, the majority of my childhood looked like. I went to bed with my parents praying the house down, just loudly, guys. <laughs> and then I would wake up them with them praying loudly and boldly. Sometimes as a kid, I was just annoyed. I was like, guys, can we just have like quiet night or something? Jesus hears you. I understand. <laughs> but it was great. Now when I look back, I'm like, God, I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of prayer for my life and for my family. So it was amazing. And I would sometimes wake up with my mom casting out demons and people yelling and praising God. And I would wake up sometimes with miraculous things happening and people clapping and praising God. Somebody that couldn't walk started walking. Somebody who couldn't hear started to hear. So miraculous things. Honestly, this is a thousand percent true. I'm not, I'm not uh, lying to you guys. Um, and when I was a little girl, my mom had a vision from the Lord. And it said this. Three of her kids would come to America. And out, out of those three, one would be a missionary. And, of course, she shared this with the pastors, the elders of our church, and they would pray and praise God. And everybody had their own assumption of how this will happen. And I love when God says something, we all kind of want to make it our own and be like, I think it's going to happen this way. And some pastors would come and they say, oh, my older brother would go because 
he knew English. Or my sisters would go because they were well behaved. And <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to be honest with you guys. They never picked me. They never picked me. And if I do say so myself, I was a good kid. Maybe my parents have different perspective. But from my perspective, the way that I remember things is that I was a great child. But maybe not. Anyway, so I was kind of missed, just like David was. So I am in good company. And I wasn't, it was never told. And then they would say, oh, it's going to be this way. They're going to win a lottery. Or they're going to... American government just going to open uh, doors for them to come. And it was not the way that we expected it. And I remember walking with my mom, and my mom would say, I don't know what they're talking about. Because God didn't tell me when. God didn't tell me who. God didn't tell me how. But I know that God is faithful to his word. And he will accomplish it. So she had this strong faith and completely believed in this vision Till she took her last breath. Actually, in her dying bed, the whole family was there. She said, walk your faith out. Live it out boldly. And also remember, God is faithful to accomplish what he said. So don't forget it. So our whole family hold, held on to that. In our grief, in our question to God, why would you allow this? We still remembered in the bad circumstances God, he's still good. He's still great. He's so faithful, right? So yeah, my mom passed away. And shortly after that, the vision came through. True. Three of her kids were adopted to the U.S. Now I'm going to tell you, it wasn't the way that we expected it at all. It wasn't the way that any pastors said it was going to happen. It was actually complete opposite. The agency that we were adopted through was very corrupt. We didn't know we were going to come to the U.S. Basically, long story short, they were stealing kids from Ethiopia and bringing them to the U.S. Again, bad, messy circumstances. But I'm here to tell you, God, he's still good. God, he's still faithful. And it doesn't change who God is. And you know what? I'm going to bring in the word of God because I don't want you guys to go away from this service thinking, Wow, she had a hard life. Or wow, that was messy. I want you to go away with this and that God, he is a God of purpose. We serve a God of purpose and he doesn't do anything by accident. And I hope you guys know that. I hope you believe in that with your own circumstances, with your own hardship, because every one of us carry our own stories, some seen, some unseen, right? And I just want to bring the word of God into this. In Jeremiah 1.5, it says this. The verse is going to be on screen, and you guys could look it up uh, yourselves. I'm not making it up, I promise. <laughs> it says, I chose you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart before you were born. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. The Lord knew you before you were born. Formed. The Lord knew me before I was formed, and he had a reason. He had a reason for everything that I experienced in Ethiopia. He had a reason, and not only did he have a reason and purpose in it, but he placed me in the family that I'm in for a reason. He placed you in the family, in the community that you're in, in the church that you're in for a purpose, and he has set you apart that's what the Lord says. He had appointed you to do a certain task. For Jeremiah, it was to be a prophet. For us, 
It might be to pray for God's church globally and locally and to be involved in it. For some, it might be to love people that are hard to love, even in our own families, even in your own families. For others, it might be to go out in the mission field and to participate in what God's doing around the world. But each of us have a certain task that God has given us. It's up to us, like I said, to lean in and say, I want to be a part of it or just to sit back and observe. And God gives us the choice, right? And lastly, this is the point that I want to make. Again, God is a God of purpose. He doesn't do anything by accident. And the lastly, it doesn't matter how much or how little we think we have. Whether it's we don't have time to serve, we, are, we have gotten older, our time has passed, or we're young, we don't know what to do. It doesn't matter how little or how much we have. And also, I have learned quickly after coming back to the U.S. and living here for the past 18 years, that U.S. standard of having much is not what the rest of the world (laughs) considers. In the U.S. standards, you have clean water. For some, that's having a lot, but for us, that's not, (laughs) you know? So we all have much, and that's why even the Bible says, right, to whom much is given, much is required. So God doesn't just say, I have appointed you, I have set you apart, I have given you a purpose, but he said, now I require much of you. The Holy Spirit opened our eyes to see who God is, and God says, now I require much of you. He doesn't just say, what have you done? What have you done with the fact that the Lord has opened your eyes to see his glory? Now you get to share in your own community. Now you get to Share and be a part of it, right? In Luke 12, 48, it says this. The whole chapter of Luke is uh, Jesus giving parables after parables. And the disciples question him at some point and say, is this for us or is this for them? And Jesus says this, which I think is really cool. He says, but the one who did not know and did what desires, deserves punishment will receive a light beating. For everyone who has been given much, much will be required. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. This gives me goosebumps. And it also awakens my heart to say, okay, God, what can I do? What are you requiring of me? And sometimes as believers, honestly, we make it so complicated. And this is why I love working with kids. (laughs) Because they just take it and they're like, I think God requires of me to go love my friends at school. And you're like, yes. That's as simple as this. We as adults make it this big thing when God just says, no, I just require of you to do much of my name. Because I have shown you, I have revealed great and wonderful things for you. So show others, tell others, love on others, as simple as that. Be compassionate as I am compassionate, right? The worship team could come up as you guys just take a moment to think about what does God require of you? It might be to serve a VVS, what was just announced. It might be to go on those prayer walk and pray for the local body of Christ in the global body of Christ. It's as simple as that. It doesn't need to be complicated. It really doesn't. And I hope, like I said before, I encourage you to see my story. When you hear my story, that it wouldn't just be she had a hard life. But 
God is great. Our God that we serve is great, and he is faithful regardless of. Because I can tell you, with the work that I'm doing in Ethiopia, it is not I, but Christ through me. Because if it was only me, I would have given up a long time ago, I can promise you. Um, but it's God, and we get to be a part of that. Can I just pray before we sing? Everybody bow your heads, close your eyes. God, we thank you again, like I said, that you want us to be a part of what you're doing. God, I thank you that for each individual here that you have given them a purpose, that you knew them before they were even born, and you have set us apart, and you require much of us. God, much has been given to us. And we just ask that you would reveal, because you are so faithful to reveal what you want us to do. God, whether it's to love our families the way that you do, whether it's to be in prayer, whether it's to go out and tell your name to the nation, God, I thank you that you reveal what you want us to do. You are not a God that is complicated. You are not a God that withhold information, but you are so transparent. And God, I pray that you would usher us into your kingdom, usher us to be actively listening to you on a daily basis. In Jesus' name, amen.